0: Well, it always seems that there is an abundance of conflict between politicians and the media. Uh, That is a natural tug and pull, and that's actually a good thing. Ahead of the White House Correspondents Association dinner this weekend, always a big to-do in our nation's capital. And President Biden will be in attendance this year, so that will be uh, back to kind of business as usual there. But I do think it was important today that President Biden took uh, the time to praise journalists for their work specifically in covering Ukraine. Think of what the American press has done. The courage is taken to stay in these war zones. The courage is taking the report every single day. I've always had respect for the press, but I can't tell you how much respect I have watching, watching them in these zones where they're under fire, risking their own lives to make sure the world hears the truth. Imagine if we weren't getting that information. It'd be a different world. It'd be a different circumstance. You know, as, as I've watched this over the years and this natural tug and pull, uh, this, this goes back to the founding of the country in terms of having that those first freedoms uh, and that freedom of the press and freedom of speech. And it's so important for us to remember that the First Amendment does not belong to the press, nor does it belong to the president uh, or to any politician. It belongs to we, the people. And I think that's an important thing for us to always keep in mind. And I I have to applaud the president today to say, look, what the American president in particular has done in reporting from Ukraine under extraordinary conditions is such a critical part of this fight for freedom and for the sovereignty of Ukraine. And so I thought that was an important moment. I didn't want to miss that today in the midst of all the other news and the other things we'll be covering uh, because I thought the president did the right thing. Uh, and I think it's important for the press to recognize that as well. Sometimes I think there are members of the press who feel like uh, the First Amendment is theirs and that they uh, are able to do things or to tell people what they should know or what they should be thinking, as opposed to helping everybody be a little more curious and a little more open, a little more receptive to differing points of view, a little more likely to engage in elevated conversation and so again the 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 white house and politicians will always be on the defensive in terms of making sure that they were represented properly or that their words weren't twisted in the media and that can often be an interesting tug and pull but that's okay that's okay as long as we remember that politicians don't own the first amendment and neither does the media It's we the people. And so it's up to us, we the people, uh, to actually engage in that in a way that will elevate everyone. And as we continue to watch the things that are happening in Washington, D.C., again, we were in Washington, D.C. all week this week. We just uh, arrived back last night. And it's always interesting to see the dynamics, especially as Congress comes back into session after a recess. There's always kind of some interesting energy that goes on, what's going to be brought to the floor of the House or the Senate in the coming weeks. And one of the things that has been interesting, uh, as I talk to members of Congress back in Washington, D.C., both from the Utah delegation and from others around the country, uh, many are trying to figure out what the agenda is going to be and what... The president in particular will try to drive forward and what Speaker Pelosi and Chuck Schumer as the leader of the Senate will actually bring to the floor. And one of the interesting questions has to do with the president's Build Back Better domestic agenda. And what is the future of that? Is there a future for that? They're sort of on Build Back Better 3 or 4.0 at this point. And most of that has not been a left-right battle. It's been an intra-party battle, primarily with one Senator Joe Manchin. He's often seen as the stumbling block to the president's plans. This week, though, there was a group of Democrats and Republicans that got together to talk about several of the major issues that have been part of the Build Back Better agenda, including things like energy and gas. And so these are the, the interesting conversations, I think, that, again, are bipartisan in nature and important to to really recognize and move through. So as it relates to energy, this was uh, an area where I think they had to, to look at it differently. Uh, of course, early on, the administration was tr- going to try to do that through reconciliation. And what that means is they could pass a lot of these things without actually getting any uh, Republican votes at all. Senator Joe Manchin uh, doesn't like that as a model. Uh, he said, I think we need something bipartisan. We do not need to use reconciliation. Uh, that rarely leads to the best kind of policy uh, and bills actually put forward. So a bipartisan energy package, like the infrastructure bill last year, uh, could undercut the broader Democrat agenda uh, to give Joe Biden an election year victory and uh, on some of those things that voters clearly care about. And so this is how this is starting to play out. Uh, Senator Manchin met with a a number of senators from both parties on Monday to just kind of check out the interest in a path forward to deal with climate and energy security. Uh, that's, that's interesting. I like the fact that, uh, that the senator from West Virginia is saying we can do both of these things together. Now, we talked in the first segment of the program about bills that should not be squished together because they are not related. So something like domestic COVID 19 funding and spending and aid to Ukraine. Those are not connected. Those are very different issues. They should have very different votes. But I love the idea of having a real national conversation that deals with climate and energy security and taking that head on. So some of those that attended this meeting uh, earlier this week with uh, Senator Manchin included Lisa Murkowski from Alaska, Uh, She helped put that together. You had uh, Kevin Kramer from North Dakota, excuse me, a Democratic Senator, Brian Schatz from uh, Hawaii, Tom Carper from Delaware, Mark Warner from Virginia, uh, and a host of others, some from Arizona and Colorado. And and so to me, that's that's where you have to kind of get in the room and start having the conversation. Where's the common ground? Uh, Can we get out of this fake fight, false choice of it's either climate or energy security and there's no middle ground? Uh, because there's always middle ground. You just have to claim it, and often you have to climb to it, and that's not easy. And some members of Congress would just as soon have the political fight rather than having the policy discussion that could actually lead to the right result for the American people. So Senator Manchin came out of that meeting saying "There, there are some areas for common ground. Some of that could be reform on the federal oil and gas leasing process. We've talked about that a lot. The administration has uh, has talked about you know increasing domestic oil production. Uh, that is also good for our energy independence. It's actually also good for the environment because we produce energy cleaner and greener uh, than anyone else on the planet. And so, especially for our friends and allies in Europe who have been dependent on very dirty. Russian oil and natural gas, uh, not to mention the money going dirty to Vladimir Putin to fund his war machine. Those are things that make sense to me. And again, regardless of where you fall on the political spectrum, I think that's doable. I think that's gettable. And there's a number of things like this that are beginning to emerge that I think could give the president a win in an election year and could give Republicans a win in an election year. And so that's that's a good thing. Can we both do that? Can we get all sides to just say, hey, let's come for a win, not for D's or R's, but for the American people? I know that's a radical concept, but I think that's worth considering on a Friday to be sure. All right, we'll step aside for some bottom of the hour news. Coming up, President Biden wants to forgive some student loan debt, but are we looking at the soaring costs of college the wrong way? Preston Cooper with the Foundation for Research on Equality Opportunity will be here to talk about what we should be doing instead coming up next. Stay with us. More to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce.